Moonlight, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. I'm Colin True, and joining me today, look out, East Coasters. He's here to tell you that your mountains are tiny and worthless. It's Justin Hausman. I'm sure there's plenty of minerals in them. They're worth something. Probably. Granite, the granite state, well, baby. I don't know. I mean, I would assume they were all like just strip mined a long time ago. Uh, I'm, of course, referring the corporations to. Corporations that own all of it. Justin's recent appearance on the Adventure Journal podcast where the man who's never lived in the Northeast told uh, his co-host, like, you know, how worthless the East Coast is. So uh, That is you know. not true. <laughs> that is not at all true. Steve should have come back Colin at you true. harder, I felt like. I'm actually more, I'm a little more angry at Steve than, than you. I think uh, he, he should have defended the great Northeast a little, a little harder. Anyway, today on the show, we're going to get into what's been happening in the outdoor industry and community. But first, you know, it's, it's Friday when we're recording this. It's Friday the 13th, and we oh, need yeah. to prepare for the weekend with long weekend coffee. But Justin, what are, you, what are your outdoor plans for the weekend? Do you have any outdoor plans for the weekend, or are you going to be housebound and doing family stuff? Oh, I don't think I have any plans. No, I, I don't. I, uh, well, you're I a media, me, a multimedia star now. You're a star of two different podcasts. You know, you're a published author. It's crazy. You're, you're making movies. So you don't have time to go outside anymore. I really, yeah, I really don't. I'll probably go for a nice, it's been a while since I've gone for a nice long bike ride. There you go. I've been surfing a lot, but I probably won't this weekend. I don't know. Well, don't forget that with four varieties of beans, long weekend is the perfect coffee for all your adventures. Not just on the weekend. Head to longweekend.coffee right now. Shop around. Enter the promo code ROCK10 at checkout. Get 10% off your first order. Long weekend coffee. More weekend, please. But for our first story today, I put this one first. And I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't start negative, but I, it's, it's kind of funny. It's not, ne- not negative. This is funny. Uh, footwear Philistine and nemesis to both the rock fight and common sense Crocs has unveiled the Crocs classic cowboy boot as part of Croctober. Now, the reason I wanted to include this, because this boot, it up. I'm reading right from the press release. This boot is one of the company's most widely requested Crocs shoes trending across social media. Recognizing this passion, Crocs created a cowboy boot that will launch on, this is a real thing, Croc Day, a fan-created holiday recognized annually on October 23rd. The Crocs classic cowboy boot features uh, features a high shine croc embossed <laughs> texture and western inspired stitching. So, sorry, I'm looking at it right now. I think it honestly looks a little bit better than a regular pair of crocs, frankly. I it does, right? But it does make me a little, you know, sick to my stomach too. What do you think of the croc uh cowboy well, boot? I, I, I do think I think it's awesome that well one one is hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> I mean you can get like an actual pair of cowboy, cowboy boots, boots for hundred and twenty yeah. bucks. Like real cowboy boots. But uh I guess I, I can imagine wearing these as like for like a Halloween outfit or something, but what, when would I wear these? It it does seem to attract because I mean I understand I make fun of Crocs a lot. I talk about it a lot. I get I've, that. I'm in the I love Crocs. You're a hater for no reason. Right. But uh, I don't I can't imagine a scenario where I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go with these. They have spurs. <laughs> like, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, uh, though it says the boot is embellished with metallic gibbets, gibbets charm, which I need to talk about gibbets. Gibbets. Oh, is and that what they call those things? Yeah. And uh. the first spinnable spur charm attached to the back strap of the boot. So like, why are these $120, but they make like, they make lined ones that actually have a collar and they're like 50 bucks. Uh, I imagine, weird. well, I mean, anytime you're making new shoes, right? There's molding, there's all the things it's probably, you know, I can't, oh, if yeah. this is a one-off, it probably is just gonna have to reflect the cost of the manufacturing to some degree. And there's probably a lot more material there. Plus they you know the setup, all that stuff. But whew, this is the yes, first uh, time I've ever been to the Crocs website. 
Yeah, what do you think? So much stuff. My God. Yeah. Well, when all you're doing is foam injection molding, you can probably you know do a lot yeah. of stuff. You know. Yeah. I should get some. No, I have plenty. What am I doing? Stop um, it. Get out of here, Justin. I'm clicking. I'm closing the tab. Okay. I I do. I have cowboy boots and I do wear them occasionally. Um, what, but what I think the they scenarios? probably cost like 120 bucks when I ride a horse. That's what, <laughs> which I used to do a lot. That's why I ha- that's why I owned them. I used sure. to ride all the time. There's actually some such good riding up in here, up in up in here, up in Marin County, like really really good riding. It's a blast. And I used to go to Montana and ride all the time. So I have cowboy boots for that. They're fun to wear around. I have boot I have like boot jeans. Like I'll wear them around sometimes. The weird thing the weird thing about cowboy boots is is like if you're not part of the world where you feel the urge to signify something like they, they seem like the most obvious scream of like, I don't feel like a real man, but these boots will help me or whatever. Like, and like my grandpa who was a pastor still is, I guess I don't talk to him anymore, but, uh, wore cowboy boots all the time. It's like, dude, we live in coastal California. You, I don't I doubt you've ever ridden a horse. You drive a Porsche. Like, why are you wearing cowboy boots around? Like, it didn't even occur to me that was weird because he always did. And um, so when I see, like, DeSantis in his dress suits and his cowboy boots, I'm like, well, that seems <laughs> – part of me is like, that's normal. Right. But it, but it's just like, doesn't that I, – I can't imagine trying so hard, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. That's what – well, the, cowboy the cowboy fashion is an interesting thing, right? Because, I mean, I, I noticed that when I – especially when I started going to Colorado and you get to, like, be at the airport. And there's mm-hmm. dudes just walking around with cowboy hats on, like, pearl snap shirts and cowboy boots. And it's like, maybe they're real cowboys. I assume you're a real cowboy that works on a ranch, like up in, you know, like Wyoming or something or in Colorado. Why are we not to the airport? Like, it just sort of like, so there is that, there's the human nature thing of like, I need you to understand what part, what tribe I'm yeah. a part of. I mean, right? I mean, we all do that. Like, I yeah. mean, there's, it's like, that's, I mean, I'm sure if you see me, you're like, oh, that guy probably surfs and likes to go outside. <laughs> like, I'm sure it's, you know. <laughs> Uh, but I it's think weird. More, you're like, getting a more dad vibe these days. You know? Probably. I mean, yeah. I used to live and work on a cattle ranch. I'm sure we've talked about it. And like, yeah. we didn't wear cowboy hats. The owner didn't own. I mean, he probably. I think the owner of the owned a cowboy hat for when they would do when we did like branding and when he would sell cows and like yeah. b- cowboys from like the Central Valley would come over and like buy. So then he'd have to like look the part. But like, rest of the time we're both in like jeans and like hoodies and just like hiking boots <laughs> so that, that you think you think for most people it's like a holdover from like oh, when they were kids sure. like i just oh, i want to no be benef- a cowboy there's no i mean i don't know if you if you i mean I, I i literally worked on a cattle ranch and at no point did it occur to me i needed like a snapped button down and a big <laughs> buckle and cowboy like it, it didn't none of that would have been helpful but I you mean, weren't riding horses then. remember you told me that you were riding around four wheelers and stuff but like, like that. none of that yeah. stuff helps when you're riding a horse either i mean like i guess you certain kind of jeans are helpful when you're on a horse or um, the heel from the boot right and no like, oh for sure yeah yeah, yeah yeah like like you definitely want that if you're if you're um riding a horse but yeah it's funny whatever who cares i think it looks dude honestly if i could get away with it i would dress like that all the time i think it looks absolutely rad i would just feel like a poser walking around with a Stetson on. Well, our next headline is about some positive outdoor industry sustainability news. We're as critical as we can be on the show about sustainability uh, initiatives out of the outdoor industry. I'd like to, you know, give credit where it's due. And SmartWool, I've um, always been a big SmartWool fan, and ThreadUp, which is a big secondhand uh, reseller organization. They're partnered up now on what they're calling Second Cut Resale. It's a program that allows customers to shop secondhand products through smartwool.threadup.com and resell gently worn items on threadup.com for SmartWool, SmartWool shopping credit. Uh, again, credit where credit is due. I love that SmartWool is working with ThreadUp. ThreadUp is becoming kind of like a go-to destination for secondhand goods. And they're not just doing, that was my one criticism of like even Houdini's efforts. It's like, well, if you 
go to the Houdini, you know, in their store in Stockholm, if you're on their website, it's just Houdini stuff. If you go yeah. to Warnware, it's just Patagonia stuff. You know, you have to go to a gear trade or REI or whatever if you want to actually have a more rounded shopping experience. So I like to see Smart Well, like, hey, well, let's just reach out to someone who's doing secondhand already and partner with them. What are your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, I mean, we probably, my, I would say half of the mail we get is from ThreadUp or to ThreadUp. Like my, <laughs> I think my wife is probably the single biggest like supporter of ThreadUp. All right. Uh, I, but I agree. Like I wish, I, I wish, I, I think we're coming to a point where, where there will be just kind of bigger kind of clearing houses, if that's the right term. I don't know if that is the right term. Uh, or just online shopping spaces for you, stuff like this. I mean, um, it's we you know we go especially with kids like we're going through so much kids clothes all the time and we just pass it down to our friends or or mm -hmm. whatever but there's a donation bin down the street it's like i don't know where that stuff goes a lot of it's pretty high quality like i could sell it like i just don't feel like dealing with it you know so the more this becomes normal the better and and yeah you know like we've we've had some of those bags that smart will sends you for a while where you can send your socks back and yeah we i never got one do. kicking around i, haven't used I just it we just never do you know yeah. and so i i hope i hope that this you know i'd like to start using more of this sort of thing. I mean, I, I really do think it's just a change in, in perception or not perception maybe, but, but just like a, just kind of re reorient sort of your, your, um, relationship with, with clothes, you know, where it's more like, this is like a temporary thing for me. And then I'll, it'll, it'll move along to something else rather than this like thing I'm going to own forever, which is awesome if it's, cause that's also very important too. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I, you know, like I don't, it frees you up to make more clothing changes or more clothing decisions and stuff like that. Like, Oh, yeah. this shirt was fine. And like, I'm not going to feel guilty if I don't want to wear it anymore. Cause I can just send it along to thread up or, or Patagonia or John's use or gear trade, you know, and right. just like th there it goes. So I think that would be great. I've had, a, I've had the stance pretty much where it's like, we can't rely on the consumer to solve a lot of these sustainability issues. Cause it's just too complicated. And, and that's been mostly in response to like working for brands and it's like putting, you know, greenwashing on hang tags and things like that. And it's like, you, you're, Consumers just want to be able to pick up what they want to buy and buy it. Um, I'm definitely willing to be proven wrong if this is kind of where the momentum comes from. Because, like, you know, and I think it's going to come from the younger generation. But even our generation now, like, hearing, like, what you're saying, like, your wife getting constantly pegged with, you know, the thread up stuff. And you know, my brother, I remember him shopping to, uh, 10 plus years ago for his kid for, like, used clothes on, like, eBay and kind of making fun of him. Like, ah, just go yeah. to Old Navy, you know, like, and everything like that. And I'm like, now I'm like, oh, shit, he was kind of on it. Like, he knew he was doing the right thing. And, you know, the more, and then also what, you know, Gear Trade has told us about their their average age of their shopper is about 27. So the secondhand thing, <laughs> the, 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 you know, the perception of it being lesser than is definitely going away. Um, and people are now understanding it. I think the idea of thinking of someone like Smartwool, which is, you know, underwear and socks and like, oh, do you want to get gently used Smartwool stuff? Like not that long ago would have been almost off-putting. And now you think like, oh, actually that makes a lot of sense. Cause I'm sure there's yeah. plenty, there's plenty of stuff that gets worn barely Well, that yep. person got that one pair of socks. So they went on like an outward bound course or they, you know, they went or they tried hiking that one time or they just tried them and didn't like them. It's like, I'm sure there's tons of those kinds of examples. And so, yeah, but I think the big thing in that is just the brand realizing like, the retail aspect of it. How do you make it, how do you make that part of it easier on consumers? That's what needs to continue to improve. And that's definitely what I liked about, um, this story. I mean, and you mentioned the bags too, from smart their second cut pro project where you send them the your old socks. That's great. That's been very successful for them too. And they're, they're figuring out ways to recycle them and reuse them and create new things from them. So more of this, please. Yeah. Lots more for everything.
that's a good segue into our next story, which is also about you know the evolution of of, uh, of society, uh, because we have another rebrand out of the outdoor industry. Earlier this week, <laughs> on the <laughs> you're already laughing. I don't Earlier know why this, this is funny to me. On the Rock Fight, I put up an episode talking about brand talking with brand critic Booth MacGyver about rebrands for Mountain Hardware and Innovate, and now we have news that Eddie Bauer is changing its logo from cursive to a blocky standard print font with a goose, which the goose is an homage to Eddie Bauer's heritage as they were the first to patent a goose down jacket in 1936. But they're moving away from the classic curse, classic cursive logo. And in doing so, CEO Tim Bantle was quoted in an article in Fast Company saying, a big part of what I'm going to need to do here is reintroduce this great heritage brand to the next generation and kids don't even learn to read cursive in school anymore. I'll let you take it from here. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't cursive feel like something that's going to come back? Fuck yes. I my, kids, see... my kids taught themselves cursive because they thought it was cool. So the new logo looks cool. I like it a lot. Um, I think it's okay. I think it's I've... a little too blocky. It was a little the... too like it was made in Canva, you know? I, I the, You know, now that I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the current well, I, I I don't know. Have they already made the change? Perhaps the I former so. Eddie Bauer, the cursive yeah. logo. And I, you know what? If I didn't know how to read cursive, this is pretty loopy. It's pretty difficult. Like I don't. There's no way. In, there's no way you could read this if you don't read cursive. So I get it. Like this is like old school cursive with a weird e, and the b is like the proper way to do it. I can see. I I see why. I I mean the cursive logo was cool, but I think I get, it's a weird one it. where I don't think the new one is that great. In terms, and I do think like that goose looks like a th- something straight out of, fa- of Canva, like a, a Canva. If you ever played around in Canva or one like or some sort of like creative generator thing, like the, yeah, the person, it looks like that. However, the I don't think the Eddie Bauer cursive one ever looked good. I remember the first time really thinking about that I don't like it was probably when it was like on the side of a Ford Explorer or something back in the nineties. Well, 90s, that's a, okay, and it so that's terrible. The, that's the problem with it now is that is that I think you know I've talked about this in in some of my coverage. Like Eddie Bauer makes such good stuff, right? But I think that they've lost. And this is probably part of it. They've, they've, I think they've lost the the. I don't think a lot of people who are only sort of casually involved in the outdoors probably think about Eddie Bauer as an actual outdoor brand. They don't. They, prob- they probably think of them as a clothing brand. Um, yeah. So I can see why, and, and I think a lot of that probably has to do with like they were on this freaking Explo- Eddie Bauer Explorer edition, sure. you know, and like. Yeah. Uh, I think they made, they may have like made like furniture or like blankets and like, they kind of tried to go into home goods. It's I think. And so I can see why they would want to make this change. It looks like a hunting logo to me with the, with the, with the flying goose. I think the cursive looks more hunting too, frankly. It's like Eddie Bauer, who do you want to be? And I think obviously this is what Tim Bantle is probably trying to figure out right now because I grew up with them being a outlet mall brand. Right. That's yeah, what I thought yeah. of Eddie Bauer. And then first yeah. ascent was like this, we're going to have top of the pyramid goods. And you've said on this podcast, how good do you like the first ascent? How great the first ascent so stuff is. Good. I, I've used some of it. It's amazing. Um, but then that is now, we know that's gone. We did an episode earlier this year about them firing their climbing team. Right. So it's now I kind of look at them like, well, are you just back to being an outlet, outlet mall brand? It's like, I, I think the, if I were in charge right now, knowing what I know, which is not a lot, I'd be like, well, are you going to be an L.O. Bean or a Land's End competitor? Because that's kind of what you feel like you are. And I don't uh, know yeah. if this logo goes, it, it probably goes more in that direction. Yeah, maybe. I, I think it makes sense. I do. I think it, it I think it makes sense. I, I, I think he's totally right that like young kids don't read cursive. I don't know that they care. Like you just tell them what the logo was. Oh, that's what that is. Okay. But <laughs> The, I mean, the thing that is nice about the old one is it's very, you recognize, even 
even if you don't read cursive, like you recognize that right away. Like it's like, it's been around for a long time. Like long I could barely, I can barely see that on like a sign somewhere. And I know that's an Eddie Bauer store. The, yeah, the, I agree. the block print one. It's kind of bland. It's, it's bland. I, I do think there's whatever the typeface is. I like it. I think it's cool, but it, yeah, I think I, I actually think I'm looking at the patch. If there was like a patch, this Eddie Bauer patch with the goose on a jacket, I think it would look pretty dope. That'd be more like that. Now, are you Canada Goose? Like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't love the goose, but I, but like the way the words look, I'm into it. I think I, I like it. I think I, think I like if, it. If he's serious about like, if there was like a like, well, hey, you know, and kids don't read cursive anymore anyway. Like, okay, cool. But if you're like, hey, listen, kids don't read cursive, so we need to do something different. Because I think the opening thing you said is, I think cursive is going to make a comeback. I it will not go away. My oldest daughter was not taught cursive how to in school. She knows how to write in cursive because she just like, you know, she's a little nerdy kid who sat there and like found pictures of it probably on the Internet and started writing it, you know, and yeah. figuring it out. So I and I do, you know, like we know we've seen this before where stuff comes and goes and pop culture influences things. Somebody's going to write a book in cursive and it's going to be like the next thing with like the next <laughs> oh, generation totally. alpha or whatever. Oh, I'm sure. I'm right? sure. I so mean, I hope yeah. that wasn't the really driving force here. At the same time, I'm all for a refresh, but I think it has to be then. I want to know what the brand's really going to be. And I don't, I I read through the article. I didn't really see anything that made me feel like, oh, this is the change they're actually going to make as the, for the brand. So we'll see. All right. Well, our next story is from the outdoor athlete world as endurance athlete, Killian Journey recently completed a journey through the Pyrenees, revisiting the peaks he climbed as a kid. That's important apparently. And which, and what he describes as one of the toughest adventures of his life, which that's saying something. This guy's done some hard things in total. He hiked, over 300 miles, accumulated an elevation gain of more than 131,000 feet, and engaged in more than 155 hours of physical activity after linking 100. And, this is over eight days, I think, is what it yeah. was. Yeah, 177 yeah. peaks and more than three, uh, of more than 3,000 meters in just eight days. Jornet described this journey as an incredible experience. Rediscovering the peaks that I I had forgotten was a spectacular experience, and on the other hand, one of the hardest things I've ever done. This was in a press release, like an outdoor sports wire. I, I don't, I, it's one of those, I just tried, didn't quite know what to make of it, like how to feel about it. You know, I see things like, oh, it was an incredible experience. Like, well, what did you experience? I don't know. We've talked about this before too. And the, the athletic thing versus just the experience thing. I don't know. Did you have any uh, hard thoughts coming out of this one? Uh, I, I mean, I saw the release and I, and, and I just, I gave up. Cause I, I don't know. Is that a lot? Like, I don't know anymore. The number, the numbers are so beyond anything. I mean, before the, before we started recording, by the way, world, we were, uh, Colin was, was trying to puss out on a bike packing part of our bike packing trip. Cause there was 5,000 feet of elevation in one That's, day. And, um, <laughs> uh, and it's like, all right, that that's a lot, right? Like that's a lot. Like, and so I don't Lord knows what he did. So like, I can't even, I can't, it's like, it's like, it's like Holland free soloing El Cap. It's like so far beyond anything anyone that I've ever known personally will ever do. It, it's it's almost meaningless at this point to me. Like people, someone's gonna run from the base to the top of Everest in one day pretty soon. And like, okay, <laughs> I mean honestly, it's like the steroid. It's all. I'm not saying these people are on steroids, but it's almost like the steroid era in baseball, where it's just like, sure people who have never hit home runs before are hitting 80 home runs in a season. Why not? Like not, everything's out the window and these are super people now. So we just kind of stand back and watch. That's kind of how I feel about it. This just to me is like, it's antiquated. Um, there was a film, I, I, I suggested it to you and you didn't get a chance to watch it, but I finished it yesterday called Race to the Summit, which was on Netflix. And it was about this rivalry between Uli Steck and Danny, and Danny Arnold. And, uh, mm. and 
my takeaway from that was, I mean, it was, it's back and forth and they're like, oh, we set the fastest time on the Iger and then, you know, whatever. And then there's like this controversy around the Dooley stick actually do it on Annapurna and everything. And it just feels so 30 years ago, 20 years ago, like when this stuff was really, when the outdoor kind of space was kind of blossoming and like, this is, you know, we tried to make, oh, how do we make this a sport? And that was kind of what drove interest in it. And the eco challenge was going on. And yeah, I, I that's just, interesting. Right. I just feel like. I kind of had, I told somebody recently, I'm like, look, outdoors is just another form of entertainment. What, you know, it's entertainment without a screen. It's right. Right. But it's also like, it's something that we all choose to go do to, you know, for, to entertain ourselves and to have fun. And, and you can find moments of inspiration and gain a lot out of it, but just the days of the big suffer fest and that being cool or finding inspiration through the suffer fest, like, do these, do they even exist anymore? So when I think of like, I don't, yeah. I'm not taking anything away from Killian Jornet. He's clearly an incredible athlete. He's won really notable ultra marathons and he's been you know, irrelevant in that scene for a long time, but to get a whole press release, like talk about how he went for a big eight day, just crushing well, adventures. Like, like, those eh. aren't things that mean anything to anybody else. Like that's not, right. I mean, at least, at least like a famous traverse. It's like, well, okay, well, I've heard of that. I know that people are trying to do that and like most of them can't and you succeeded. But like, if you're just like picking a random series of peaks, 177 of them, which to me is like, is that just like, are you running on like a giant saw? Like how are there that Probably. many peaks that you can get to in like eight days? But I, what's interesting is I've had, um, I haven't really, I never really thought about it this way, but so I've been engaged in a lot of arguments in the last few weeks about baseball with, uh, well, cause Ron you're a Dodgers fan and your team shit the bed, but that's fine. You know, they always, who, that's, 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 <laughs> that's part of the what? charm. You know, it's way more fun to hate your team than to love your team. I feel bad for people who can't actively hate their their favorite teams. That's, Talk to Red Sox fans in 2005. We're like, what do we it's do now? More, it's, it's way more fun to hate your team. But people yeah. don't seem to understand that. I'd much rather have a team that just like has something notably <laughs> notable for them. Like everyone's talking about the Dodgers. You know, nobody's talking about the Blue Jays. Nobody gives a shit. Right. There isn't a single right. person in this country that's talked about the Guardians in the last two weeks. But everybody's talking about the Dodgers. It's well, fun. Well, the baseball anyway, playoffs are broken. But anyway. Yeah. So Acuna, Ronald Acuna Jr. You know, hit 40 home runs and stole like 73 bases. And 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 you know, like I've been arguing with all with people all over the internet about how you know the Major League Baseball made made it easier to steal bases on purpose. And now everyone's talking about Acuna's you know 40 home runs, 70 stolen base season as if it's like this huge achievement. It's like, dude, they literally made it easier to steal bases so that people would steal more bases. And no one's like nobody's talking about that. You get all these like giant stories on ESPN. Look at him. Oh my God, he stole 70. It's like, are you really not going to at least say, and of course during a season where they made it easier to steal bases. But anyway, go back to the celebration. <laughs> like, no, they don't. So anyway, so I've been arguing like crazy about that, which is funny because I play catch with a neighbor kid maybe once a week. I mm -hmm. haven't played baseball actual baseball in at least 20 years but like i go hiking and like running and all this stuff like every single day but i'm not remotely interested in in arguing the merits of like killian journey's right uh uh achievements or even the frankly even the thing about the the you know did um reinhold mesner actually get to the top of annapurna like that's that that that's like a philosophical point which is kind of interesting but in mm -hmm. terms of who holds the world record i don't care and it, it, which is interesting like i i will argue about things i don't like sports stuff that i'm never gonna play i don't play football i'm never gonna play football but i'll argue to the, you to the death about 
you know, the value of a running back over a tight end or whatever. But uh, <laughs> something like this, it just, if for whatever reason, for me, it just doesn't really translate. And like, like that press release reads as that. I mean, it's Killinger Nay's job to like wow you. That's the only reason. That's true. Yeah, that's paid a good to point. do anything. Yeah, so, he has a pub, he has a publicist who's, who's dealing with this, right? I mean, that's yeah, what that's what. So happened. that's why he gets paid, you know. So right. um, yeah, they're gonna you know that that reads like a press release like anything else. Like hey, we came out with new Super Tread shoes or whatever. So. Well, and this like, is a probably a pretty decidedly American point of view, too, because that was an interesting thing. I thought of our Mes- Messner conversation from last week's pod uh, watching this Race to the Summit movie because uh, after Steck did, Uli Steck uh, did the, the first, the first ascent up the south face of Annapurna, he got, there's this, there's this whole, basically, the Oscars of mountaineering thing that happens in Switzerland and in Europe. And it's clearly a different thing over there. Like the mountain climbing scene in Switzerland specifically, and I, and I know in, I mean, in Britain and other places, you know, the, there is a long history there. There is media that covers that almost exclusively. The, the, there was controversy after the fact about uh, Uli Steck's Annapurna run uh, climb that there was this, this journalist and like, well, that guy doesn't climb mountains. He just covers mountains. And it, made, it reminded me of our Messner conversation because we were kind of shitting on the German guy who's kind of like, like, what are you doing calling him out? Like, it's like, well, this is... This seems, it seems like there is a kind of like you're just discovering the, the, the baseball, uh, uh, you're just, you're just talking about the baseball and football conversations here. Clearly there are circles where this is that right. Where, yeah. you know, right. And so, so killing journey, putting out a press release, I'm sure there are people like, Whoa, Oh my God, that's pretty through the period. Oh, all right. I'm, right? This I'm is sure. Like, yeah, right. I'm sure. The thing that I feel like should be universally discussed is the risk versus reward conversation. Cause hmm. I don't know, like when, when Alex Lowe died on Shishapangma in the 90s and he had little kids at home and stuff like that, I mean, we said it was tragic. I think if I heard that now, I'd be like, that's just irresponsible. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, I, and I get it. You're making your money that way. And I can only look at it through my own lens. But it's like, I don't know why parents who do badass things get a pass from the criticism. You know, it's like, well, I, like I'd have to change my lifestyle, I guess, if I was making money from climbing. Because I, I, I have to be here at least until they're 18, I guess. I don't know. It's just, I, that's that's something that made me think of it, too. Well, that's for sure true. I mean, I've thought about that. Like, I don't even know how you could be a professional athlete and have kids, even if even if you're a baseball player or something. I mean, other, other than, I guess, you're like, here, here's... <laughs> At least they're making actual money. So you could be they're like, making millions of dollars. Sorry, you're only going to see me for three months a year, but like... Your life is pretty sick. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, to, I, I haven't. The risk versus reward thing is hard for me because I'm not a type. I'm not a type A like physical super achiever. So I, I understand that if you are that way, that that's all that matters to you, and that you probably can't sit still. That you have to be out like pushing yourself and breaking records and and like that's just not me at all. Yeah. So it's hard for me to even have like I feel guilty going camping without my kids, let alone. <laughs> Yeah, climbing saying. something that I might fall off and die, you know? So yeah. like, I, I, that's just not for me to judge. Cause I'm, it's just so far removed from anything I'm interested in doing. But I like the thing that I think about a lot with, when it comes to like FKTs or whatever is, um, the sort of a, like surfing is always, maybe not always, but has long wrestled with, do we give a remote shit about professional surfing? Sure. And it's been really, I don't, I, I kind of, I think the answer is, is kind of, you yeah, know, right. and like, so, like if, 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 if the waves are really good that year and the surfers are interesting that year and the formats make sense that year, it can be really memorable and you can get really into it. Like I've, I have sat around and watched contests with friends on TV and been like, wow, you know, like we were like cheering like that, that that's happened once ever once, you know, um, for the most part, it's just really hard to think of surfing as something where you can compete and be like better at it than somebody else mm-hmm. in the, in that way. I mean, obviously some people are better, but you know what I mean? You know, 
Um, and I kind of think of it like that with these like outdoor like achievements too. Like I just, that's cool if that's what you're into, but like, it doesn't really speak to my experience at all. Like I, again, I've never, I've, if I'm interested in how fast I'm moving outside, it's cause I need to get to somewhere before it gets dark Yeah. or like, or like this loop is three days. And if I don't hike 12 miles a day, I won't finish it. <laughs> like that's, that's it. It's never like, Oh sick. I, I hiked there faster than that. I just can't fathom thinking that way. But are so, some of these folks like are they absolved from the criticism? Like, and I almost hesitate to bring the name up because I feel like if the wrong person hears this, I'm just going to get a scathing email about like like Hillary Nelson dying last year, and it's you know. But that's what they do, you know. I mean, like I think but if she's you're, on a Himalayan peak on skis with little kids at home, like I you know. should, like that, that's you know the, the when Uli Sex climbing uh, Annapurna, they're saying one out of every three climbers that attempts Annapurna dies. Like those are yeah. real. Those that's not like. Like we, you mentioned Mount Washington and the AJ pod. It's like, yeah, it's the deadliest mountain, but that's because it's so accessible that people right. die from exposure because right. they're not prepared or they have a heart attack or whatever. This isn't that, you know, you, yeah. you should know. And I, and I, I, I know, yeah. I don't want to get in I, trouble like, criticizing Hillary Nelson, which I feel like I'm probably going to now, but it's just like, are we not allowed to at least raise those points? Well, I, 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 it's interesting. I don't know. You are in the surf world. I mean, like I've interviewed tons of big wave surfers. That's the first thing I always ask them, you know, like, are you thinking about your family? And usually, usually they, they say, I'm going to stop now once they have kids. Uh, I think, you know, the nature of big wave surfing, usually you get into it earlier in life. And so like a lot of these guys started in their twenties and then they get, they, you know, they have families. They never stop though. Like they never stop, but they'll say, they'll, they'll say that they'll say, they'll say like, Oh, you know, they, every big wave surfer I've interviewed always has a story about, you know, some horrific wipeout, usually at Mavericks. Cause that seems to be the most dangerous one. And they're like pinned to the bottom and they think they're going to die. And they all have the same thought. This might be unique to surfing too, where there's a lot of like near death where you, cause you're, it's not like, well, well, no, I guess you can get trapped on a mountain and think you're going to die, then you get off anyway. But I, there's a lot of moments in big wave surfing, apparently, where you, you really think this is it. Like you're underwater, you've given up, you don't think you're going to come back up. And every time I've ever talked to any of these guys about it, they always think, what the fuck am I doing here? You know, like I, I interviewed Shane Dorian a few years ago, and he's probably the best big wave surfer in the world. And he, he has a couple of kids. And he had a bad fall at Mavericks and, and that, you know, he, he was the most like raw about it where he was, you know, underwater and, and, and really was like, I can't believe I've, I can't believe I've done this to my family. And then he comes, but then he comes back up and he's like, okay. And then, you know, there's a swell of jaws and he's like, fuck here I am buying a ticket to jaws. Like, I, so I'm sure it's like that. I mean, that's, that, that's, the, that's what I say. When, that's what I mean when I'm talking about how like, I'm just so far removed from being interested in doing those things. Like their minds are different than mine. I now mean, that's like, a good point. And then maybe that's where it's not fair. Maybe that's, you know, I, I consider that. There's a reason that one. Killian Jornet has run things that you haven't, right? Like he uh, has a different, totally. it's not just totally. because he's like, I mean, certainly yeah. I have no doubt genetically he's got some sort of advantages, but I mean, he's also sure. got the mindset where like, that's what matters to him. Not that's anything, what matters. Not other things. I do wonder though, because if you put a gun to my head and say, "I'm taking you out to Mavericks today," and even though you've never surfed anything bigger than like four feet in your life, you got a paddle, or you can go climb a Himalayan peak. I would take. The oh, I choose. I choose Mavericks. Yeah, and, and that's and I don't know. I managed mean, it's a little like our grizzly versus the shark conversation last week. I wonder what the metrics and the participation numbers say about which one is actually more risky. But I've never heard anybody say, "Well, if you surf these big waves, even Nazare, right? You know, just sort of like who you made the point. I think no one's ever died there." And it's like, I don't think anyone's ever died at Nazare. Mm -hmm. And Not people die ways. on these mountains every single year. So I, and I, I used What's to What's weird though, physically, physically, you have a much better chance of living climbing, uh, 
some of these crazy peaks. Like I've never taught, I've never really, I've taught, I've like had like a very brief, like, Hey, how's it going, man? With Alex Honnold. That's about it. You know? Um, even then you could see he's different. Like he's just a, he's just on a, he's just, he's, but he has, he has, he, the one time I, I was up close with Alex Honnold, um, Jimmy Chin had this a little bit too. And he's been in some pretty sketchy places. Like sure, they man. have the same like thousand yard stairs. A big wave surfer does. Which is the same thousand yard stare that like a super badass jujitsu fighter has. Like I've, I've been around a lot of these people and they all have the same, like probably something like a soldier has like this, like they've seen, they've been in places that have made them like touch parts of their like soul that I never have. Like I'm just, I'm just like a puppy. Hey, blah, this is fun. Blah, whatever. You know, the, yeah. these people have like seen some shit. Right. And that's right. That, they all kind of have that. And, well, and, and I uh, guess maybe that I answers don't. my question, right? Cause if you have that, it, that seems like that's probably something it's impossible to turn off, regardless if you have that, kids. I think that's right. just you cannot turn it off. You do not have this rational side of our brain that you and I are talking about, where it's just like, well, I could not go do that, but how is that even an option right now? Like that's not yeah. an option. I'm going to go do that. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. All right. Well, no, I think that's. Uh, I mean, and I don't want honestly for maybe the criticism I'm talking about, or just kind of have a deeper conversation about it. I don't want these people to stop. I mean, I think it is interesting. It, it gives us something to talk about. It's something to shoot for. Anytime somebody pushes something, it's it. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, but I, maybe this is a sign of my you know advancing age of like the risk versus reward thing. Just does not seem remotely worth it for most things Dude, anymore. I agree. I mean, I I. I, I I deleted a comment the other day on an Instagram video of a, of a famous mountain biker. I guess it was at rampage hucking himself off this, what would have been the biggest jump or drop that we know of. Mm -hmm. It was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And like he eats shit and he's in the hospital. And um, I put I put that comment like this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And then I deleted it because like yeah, right. What, what good is that doing? Right? What good yeah, is that yeah, doing? Yeah, right, but right. um, but and I, but that's you know that's that's what that's how I think of it. You know, but like that's not how they think of it. I'm sure they. I'm sure I have no doubt that like a lot of these people, if they looked at my life, would put a gun in their mouth. You know, so like <laughs> why like, are you wasting your life? You, you like know, to ride you, a a fully rigid single speed? Yeah, you're, you're just like you're just walking around your cute little <laughs> town and like surfing and like reading books. Like fuck, kill me now, you know? Like I'm sure that's how they think. You've done so. the same gravel loop six loop six <laughs> days in a row. Like yeah, it's fucking great. Your credit, your credit score is what now? My credit score rules. Should have seen what it was ten years ago. It's awesome now. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I, but that's you know, I look for I that's I want to be the guy in white New Balances like talking about mortgages. Not, I don't want to be the person like trading war stories about having to breathe a dead body's supplemental oxygen on the top of Choi OU. <laughs> that's just not what I, that's not what I want in life. All right, man, well, we can wrap it up there. Uh, please, if you're listening to this, give us a five-star rating, follow or subscribe wherever you're listening. Send all of your feedback over to myrockfight at gmail.com. Uh, Justin, what do you got to plug? What's going on in the uh, AJ? We got a newsletter this week. What's happening? D just dropped a couple hours ago. Uh, cool story. Cool story about a, um, a Scottish, a Scottish guy who, classic classic like on a bar bet was like was challenged to paddle the entire length of the yukon river and he never paddled a canoe in his life and he was like wildly unfit i love and those stories he was like in ireland was just like drunk off his ass some so he's guy. in ireland like, and he's got to go yeah, to he's never Canada? like he, yeah he's like i don't even he's like i never spent any time in the wilderness and he's just like all right fine but he was like you know it's like he'd like been through a divorce and was kind of like i retired and just did it and he had a blast Amazing. So like i talk about that guy and the um 
epic e-bike that I, that I truly love that I've been riding around a bunch. So if you're not subscribed to the Adventure Journal newsletter, you're not going to get that one, but uh, subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Also, make sure you check out Adventure Journal's new podcast. Justin, you can hear Justin on that. It's how you get even more Hausman in your life, which everybody needs. Everyone needs to use a little more Hausman. I don't think my wife would agree with you, but everybody but my wife. The Rock Bite is a production of Rock Bite LLC. For Justin Hausman, I'm Colin Truth. Thanks for listening. Here to take us out, like always, like he always does, Krista Makes from Less Than Jake is here. He's right here. He's going to sing the Rock Fight fight song right now. We'll see you next time. Rock Fight!